Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. This week, Maurizio Muraro is back to discuss Don Bartolo's aria A un dottor della mia sorte from Il Barbiere di Siviglia, concentrating on the combination of GLI, the rule of raddoppiamento sintattico or phrasal doubling, S before a voiced consonant, and when not to roll your R's. Since the last episode came out later than I intended, I didn't get to say what I should have last time, which is happy birthday to the Diction Police. I started the podcast on April 1st, 2010, so we're now starting our fourth year and growing like crazy. Last year at this time, I said that we'd double our audience in the second year and had hoped to be able to say that again this year. And I'm thrilled to say that this time, we have more than seven times the listenership than we did last year at this time. So a huge thank you to everyone who listens for making the Diction Police so successful, to all of my guests who make this format possible, and to everyone for spreading the word about the Diction Police and getting people excited about the fine details of lyric diction. Last week, I had talked about a few Italian dictionaries that I've been using, and this week, I wanted to mention a couple of other online resources that I'm very excited about. The first is Technology for the Classical Singer, which I'm absolutely in love with. It's run by a self-proclaimed techie by day, singer by night, and she has fabulous tutorials that show you how to get the most out of all your computer technology, plus links to many different websites that are useful to us, like online foreign language dictionaries, videos of exactly how the vocal cords work, where to find accompaniment tracks, and even a posting about how to make folders, cases, and holders for your iPad in order to hold it better in a performance situation. For those of us with an iPad or who use any kind of computer program for our music, you definitely need this site. And for those of you who don't have an iPad, it's fascinating and full of useful information. With a sidebar on the left, it's easy to find your way around, and each entry also suggests other posts that are related to the same topic. In fact, Tech for Singers told me about the next website, Singers Babble, which I've been scanning through over the past few weeks. Singers Babble is run by Daniel Mulkenton, a professional singer and also a diction teacher at Manus College in New York. At Singers Babble, you can hear native speakers reading texts, kind of like here, but rather than just audio, they have videos with the IPA running at the same time so that you can follow along. They also have slowed down videos where the native speaker reads the text very slowly so that you have time to really perfect your pronunciation. It focuses on art song, oratorio, including a whole lot of Bach cantatas, and choral music, which doesn't often get enough in-depth study. Right now, it's mostly German, French, and English, but just like with the Diction Police, it takes time to expand, and I look forward to seeing how Singer's Babel grows. I'll post links to these websites, along with a link to the text for today, at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. You can also follow the Diction Police on Facebook and Twitter at Diction Police. Our text this week is Don Bartolo's aria from the Barber of Seville, A un dottor della mia sorte. I have a house guest right now, which is a little bit why my voice is trashy. <laughs> a young woman from my church back home who's visiting Germany for the first time, and she's never really seen an opera or met many opera people. She admitted to me that she kind of thought we might be a little intimidating and serious. 
So when I was doing my research for this episode and rediscovered Bugs Bunny's Rabbit of Seville cartoon, I couldn't resist the opportunity to be a little less erudite and stuffy, and I made her watch it to help me with my homework. I'll post a link to it at the blog so that you can also relive all the fun of Bugs doing opera. A un dottor della mia sorte, queste scuse, signorina. Vi consiglio, mia carina, un po' meglio imposturar. I confetti alla ragazza, il ricamo sul tamburo, vi scottaste e via. Ci vuol altro, figlia mia, per potermi corbellar. Perché manca l'acqua al foglio? Vo saper cotesto imbroglio. Sono inutili le smorfie, ferma là, non mi toccate. Figlia mia, non lo sperate che io mi lasci infinocchiar. Via, carina, confessate, son disposto a perdonar. Non parlate? Vi ostinate? So ben io quel che ho da far. Signorina, un'altra volta, quando Bartolo andrà fuori, la consegno ai servitori a suo modo far saprà. Ah, non servono le smorfie, faccia pur la gatta morta. Cospetton per quella porta, nemmen l'aria entrar potrà. E Rosina innocentina, sconsolata, disperata, in sua camera serrata, finch'io voglio star, dovrà. Exactly, exactly. The, the, what, what we were, what talking, we're talking about. about exactly. The... E via, no? Exactly. E via, no, it's no, e via... You, you miss, you miss immediately, no? But, e via, e via. Yeah, it gives it a weight. You know? Yes, because it's a muted, muted consonant. No? Yeah. V, B. Yeah. Uh, so, to, to, to give more importance to, the, to, to this vo- uh, consonants, put always the double. Exactly. No? That was Maurizio Muraro reading <laughs> Bartolo's aria from, from the Barbiere. Si. Exactly. And there were a few things that I wanted to point out because a lot of times we see the word la and we know that it means the. But in the first half of this, we see la twice with an accent. And then it's not the same word as like la mia sposa, la mia madre. It's a completely different word. Yes, because la, Mm L-A, is uh, the article. Exactly. La bambina, la matita. But la with the accent on the A is to indicate a position. So it's very important to make the two difference when you get la, like article, or, or la. Also in this case, the double consonant help. Yeah? Yes, because you say la, perché manca la quel foglio. You don't say la matita voglio, <laughs> exactly. voglio, voglio darti. Exactly. No? You say, la matita voglio darti. Yeah. No? But when you uh, give the indication, use the double L and you get the accent, the right accent on the vowel. Yeah, the other thing that you're doing, and, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, is you're also making the vowel shorter. It's not, si. a, it's not a vowel, it's, it's not an accent of length. It's cut. It's shorter. La. Si. La. La. Li. Qui. Yeah. Si. Città. Città. You don't want to say città. No, 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 no. When Figaro sings, no, in, in Barbara Seville, uh, sono il factotum della città. Yeah, exactly. It's always cat. When you get the, the, on the last vowel, the, the accent, yeah. is, the, the vowel is always cat. Mm-hmm. And this way is the trick to give 
the sense of the, the what means the Ex accent. The ac no? Exactly, exactly. The other one that I think as Americans or as foreigners looking at Italian that some people have issues with, we have a P-O in the un fourth po. line, un po, with the apostrophe after it. And we also have V-O towards the end of the beginning with an apostrophe after it as well. And I just want to make sure that people understand how to look these things up. Because un po is actually short for... Instead of poco. Exactly. So G-O-C-L-R-Cat. That's why there's the, the, the apostrophe. Exactly. So un po, un, it means un poco. Yeah, so it's a, just a short form si. that's very standard and you see it all over the place. Si, un po meglio imposturar. Yeah. Uh, vo, uh, come vado. No, voglio, sorry. Voglio. Yeah, but we have a choice there. We, there I mean, si. Sometimes, si. sometimes you do see it. Sometimes you say also vo per andare, no? Exactly. For, for to go. Exactly. Uh, vado. Yeah. Is it vo. Yeah. It's always also cut with a... As a vo, exactly. But in this case... In this case, vo saper, voglio sapere. Yeah. So you miss the yo, vo saper cotesto imbroglio. Exactly. So if we want to know, if we want to find this in a dictionary, you're not going to find it under vo. No, you don't. You're going to find it under volere. Si, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, I think that's a tough one. When you're, when you're first starting out, it's perché, a tough one to know. Perché manca la... Exactly. But in this case, when you read this, perché manca la quel foglio, no? Yeah. But when you listen, when you sing, is you hear perché manca, perché manca la quel foglio. You don't listen the, the accent. You don't hear the accent in perché. Right. It's weird, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, it works in this way. Yeah. Don't ask me why, but uh, <laughs> it works in this way. Yeah. Perché manca la quel foglio. Which doesn't mean you can screw up the vowel before it, though, because it's a closed, it's a closed perché. Perché manca. Perché manca, because it's, it's written, musically it's written, the, the first accent goes to ma. Yeah. Perché manca la quel foglio. Yeah. yeah? Exactly. It's, it's weird, but here, in, in this case, the accent is different uh, that when you talk, mm -hmm. that when you sing. Yeah, exactly. But there's no rule, huh? Right. There's no rule. The, 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 the correct is perché manca la quel foglio. Exactly. And we just have to then say, okay, well, Rossini wrote it, so we'll let him, we'll let him make that rule <laughs> for this one phrase. <laughs> See, and, and also, uh, here doesn't, it doesn't cut anything. Yeah. Uh, perché is, 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 is the correct word. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just an accent for, for the phonetic. Yes. No? Yeah. El, la also. Because vo is voglio saper, un po' is un poco, un no? Poco, yeah. But in perché e la is, is correct because the, the, you don't cut the word. Exactly. So the accent marks are something different than, than the, the apostrophe is. Right. And it's funny because in this, in this what, what we're looking at, in the text we're looking at, the perché, the accent goes the correct way, actually. It goes like a Spanish accent would go. Mm -hmm. to make it cl a closed vowel. But oftentimes, you'll see perché written with an accent going the same direction as la. But it's still, it's always a closed vowel at the end of that, because, right? Because, yeah, because the, the, the last e, the last a, uh -huh. is closed. Yeah. That's the reason yeah. why the, the accent goes in this direction on the... 
how you say from the low from to the, the bottom to the bottom from to the, the bottom top. to the top yeah on the right side exactly but you do see it oftentimes we'll write the same accent mark for every accent yeah but maybe because we are lazy <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but, <laughs> but it should be going this way on this word yes <laughs> and again we have this G L I Figlia mia, eh, chi vuole altro figlia mia? E foglio, imbroglio. Perché manca la quel foglio, vuol sapere che testo imbroglio. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Rossini is one who, okay, Sterbini was the, 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 the writer of the libretto, no? Mm-hmm. But uh, he, maybe they knew very well each other because Rossini loves to work mm-hmm. musically with the, the sounds, yeah. especially if you remember the concertato and uh, the beginning of finale first yes. when questo gruppo rintrecciato uh, you know exactly. all these sounds Rossini is loved to play with. to play with yeah you know so that's why maybe Sterbini and Rossini are working on ci vuole altro figlia mia Perché manca la quel foglio, vuoi sapere che testo imbroglio? Yeah. So play very exaggerating Rossini. Yeah. With the with the consonant with these sounds. And this this foglio, it's it's a long sound too, right? It's not a simple foglio. Foglio, no, foglio. Perché manca la quel foglio. Yeah, it's a doubled sound. It's a longer sound. Yes, you have to force here a little bit. Yep. Uh, not not like in the first aria we we. We made the examples, but here is uh, yeah. is demanding to, to to exaggerate. Yeah, because of this feeling with the music of Rossini. No? Exactly. Imbroglio. See. Yeah, and you can hear the coming through the sides of your teeth. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Yo. See. Um, um, and actually, in the next line after imbroglio, sono inutile le smorfie. Smorfie, the With S the is very s- uh, smooth and, and, and sweet mm-hmm. and voiced. Z, smorfie. Yeah. Si. Sono inutili le smorfie. Never, never say smorfie, smanie. No, no, no. Sforzare. Exactly. But smanie. Z. Well, and, and if, if the one before it, if the one following it is voiced, then it will be voiced, like smorfia, slanciare. Slanciato. So yes. you, you can feel that it follows whatever's going to come, it's going to match that. So if it's like sforzato, then the f is not voiced. So no. then we'll say sforzato. No. Even because it's a, it's a sharp S, no? Yeah. Sforzato. Yeah. Uh, it means uh, for me that kind of s it has his own life exactly <laughs> to say no yeah but in this case smorfia is correct what you said it leaves because of the the next consonant yeah so smorfie smanie smargiasso yeah you know yep. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I have a question about la gatta morta. Is that is that a phrase that means something, or is it just a dead cat? Oh yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not a dead cat. It's a, a woman when she's too much. Uh, uh, she has to make to forgive something to herself. Uh, so she tried to be Karina, to be very sweet, uh, very sweet, like a pussy cat, you know, uh-huh. does usually. 
because she knows she's guilty. Okay. So it's a sort of uh, uh, attitude. Yeah, that she's to, trying to, to make, trying to make okay. her in a little bit... Uh, um, more pleasing yes. to the man. Yes. <laughs> I like to say, I know what you mean. I know I made a mistake. What do you know? I have done just for because I love you. Uh, <laughs> no. yes. So that means gatta morta. Exactly. Now, what, what you can't see on the podcast <laughs> is that he's sitting here twirling his finger in my hair. Well, the little bit of hair that I have. And, <laughs> and playing with my shoulder and yeah, scratching no, a little no, bit. Oh, honey. <laughs> a little bit like Miss Kitty Fantastico but... <laughs> for example <laughs> when she makes something in the floor you know bathtub yeah. uh, know, she knows she made a mistake so she wants to to be pleased yeah and to, she wants to make up for you, that yes because of your forgiveness yeah that means gata morta okay <laughs> it's very interesting <laughs> Aspect of that was this. a good question, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't mean a cat dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In the second to last line, we have the word serrata with two R's, and I really wanted to actually talk to you a little bit about flipping and rolling R's. <laughs> because in a word like serrata, another, yes. we have two R's there. Of course, we have to double all our consonants, but it's a completely different word if you say serrata. Buona serrata oh, yes. is yes. completely different from serrata. See. Si. For in, in the first example, you don't have to stop. For example, when you say "buona serata," yeah, no, "buona serata," which means have a good evening. Have or... a good evening. Yeah. Uh, on the second, like here in this uh, aria, you have "serata," so it, it's very difficult. I I know for for especially for foreigners, yeah, singers, to to get this this sound is is done by the the tongue, yeah, the tongue behind the tooth. And uh, you have to, to, to leave the edge of the tongue free yep. and go up and down, up and down, very faster. Exactly. Rrr. But uh, the trick is don't stop, don't break the, the, the sound, don't break the voice. Because you Just... can still give a pitch through an R. Oh, yeah. Serra. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I know... I, uh, many many times I, I have uh, to explain to, especially to the American singers, because maybe you don't get this kind of. You have the R, R. We do I like to say the, our R's. The, the tongue is very, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> like yeah. that. No? And this is uh, in front. Mm-hmm. Uh, the position is very forward. Yeah, exactly. It's right at the teeth. Right. It's right there. Right. So. Right, you know, right, oh, right, correcto, correcto, exactly, uh, yeah, yeah, correcto, serrata, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. But now, here's the other problem once we can roll our R's, 90% of the problem is that we then roll every R, so we want to say signorina. No. <laughs> exactly. No. Or or Karina. No, no, no. Karina no, no, no. is a really bad one. Isn't when it? you have the the, 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 the the single R, the single consonant R, R, forget about it. Yeah. Forget to to, to rolling your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But to, to sing on the on the vol, signorina, signorina, un'altra volta, signori, signori, yeah, signori, signori. Una signorina, un'altra volta. Just one little flip. Yeah, one little flip. Like, ti. Yeah. Signorina, un'altra volta. With our ny again. 
Nie. Signorina. Signorina, eh, ah, io sì, ecco. yeah. Signorina un'altra volta, yes. Yeah. R. Signorina. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes a difference. Maybe someone else, someone who's not mother tongue, doesn't understand that. It doesn't get it. But me, I, it makes for me the big difference. Yeah. Uh, there's a big step between singers who don't know to explain correctly uh, the language and who do. There's a big gap in between. Yeah. Because a singer wants to be different, mm -hmm. uh, better from somebody else, has to make the difference. And to focusing his uh, commitment in the small details yeah. that makes really the big difference. Yeah. In every kind of things, uh, styling, about the language, especially don't be lazy and to be arrogant to know Uh, to say, oh, but yes, but I know how to sing Verdi, I know how to sing this or to sing that. To be humble is always the key to make a perfect, or to try to be at the top of your career. Yeah. So, that makes really the difference. Do your homework. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do your homework. I just had to repeat Maurizio one more time there. Once you've reached a certain level of proficiency, it's all too easy to slack off and think that you're done. But that's really the time to be sure that you're really doing your homework, that you're very specific with the style, very sure of the language, and basically just doing what the composer wrote. One of the best things about working in opera is that the work is never really finished. Once you think you're done, try going back to the beginning and double-checking the basics. You'll be surprised how much cleaner and more polished you can make a performance just by going through the piece with fresh eyes like that. We started out, even before I could introduce him, talking about the rule of raddoppiamento sintattico, a concept that we had talked about last week, but I didn't really deal with in the wrap-up. This can be called phrasal doubling in English. I know that we've talked about it before on the podcast, but it's a rule that's easy to forget about because they're double consonants that aren't included in the actual spelling of the words. The basic rule is that after certain one-syllable words that end in a vowel, we want to double the initial consonant of the next word. Last week, Maurizio gave the example va bene, and I said è vero. And in the middle of this aria, you heard him say è via. But there are tons of famous examples. A me, che fai, chissà, fra There are also certain two-syllable words that can be followed by this double consonant. Come, contra, dove, qualche, and sopra. Plus, any word that ends in an accented vowel, like perché, città, sarà, sarò, and so forth with all of those verbs. According to David Adams' Handbook of Diction for Singers, We shouldn't overdo this rule because there is some dissension among Italian diction experts. But in general, I'd say look for the places where it's possible to use this phrasal doubling, see if it creates a strong impression in the phrase for you, and once you've made your opinion, go listen to several native speakers singing it and see what they do. One example that Nico Castell says is mandatory is to always double the initial letter of the word for God, Dio, in cases like Oddio. The words 
P-O apostrophe and V-O apostrophe seem to be tough for some singers to remember because they aren't quite sure where they come from. That's why I wanted to mention them here, especially because P-O apostrophe, Paul, comes up all the time. The interesting thing with V-O apostrophe, Vo, is that it has two possibilities for translation, vado and voglio. And sometimes you'll see it without the apostrophe too. To figure out which translation you need, it's necessary to look at the context. Here you'll notice that Maurizio immediately said, it's short for vado, and then read the sentence and changed his mind. In the case here, the word vo is the voglio form, I want, vo saper cotesto imbroglio. But there are plenty of cases for it being the vado form, I go, like the aria quando men vo. You won't find PO or VO in any dictionary though, so this is a case of something we just all need to memorize. During the interview, I said that there's a difference between the function of the apostrophe and the accent markings, but I should have said in these examples, because there are words that can be contracted, like we saw here with PO and VO, but they use an accent mark to indicate that. The examples that come to mind immediately are mercede becoming merce and piede becoming pie. One frequent example that causes some trouble is the truncation of fede to fe, just fe. You'll see this one spelled with an accent going in any direction or sometimes without any accent at all. I'll look for more examples of these contractions and see if we can cover this topic more fully soon, but I wanted to at least mention it here. When the combination of GLI occurs in the middle of a word in Italian, it's standard to double the lambda in transcription, and you could hear that very clearly when Maurizio was talking. Remember that the lambda is a palatal L, so it's formed in the same position as ogni that we made a big deal about in the last episode. So the big flat part of your tongue is on the roof of your mouth, and the tip of your tongue is on the bottom teeth. One thing we didn't mention, though, is that if the GLI is followed by another vowel, just like when a C or G that's softened by an I is followed by another vowel, the I is silent, so foglio would be transcribed as F, open O, lambda, lambda, closed O, and meglio as M, open E, lambda, lambda, closed O. If the I is the only vowel, like with the article GLI, then it'll be pronounced E. A few years ago, I got into a tiff with a singer who insisted that we shouldn't voice an S in front of a voiced consonant, and she told my boss about it, who then backed up the singer. This is a different boss than I have now. And, and my old boss told me I shouldn't have said anything. The dumb thing was, the whole situation happened because the singer took it upon herself to correct another singer, who then asked me what the rule was, and the whole thing got me in trouble. I was pretty mad at both the singer for giving critique when she shouldn't, and at my boss, who told me she knew I was right about the rules, but that I should have kept my mouth shut, when really, isn't that exactly my job? <laughs> All of that to say, every time I get the chance to bring this up on the podcast, I probably will because I really like proving myself right. <laughs> and the diction books all agree. The rule is that an S followed by a voiced consonant will be voiced. This includes words like sgelo, sgelare, to melt or to thaw, sguardo, glance or look, sdegno, scorn or disdain, and smorfia, simpering. 
as well as occurrences in the middle of words, like fantasma, a ghost or a specter, and disgusto, disgust. But be careful while I'm busy showing off here. When the S is after another consonant, it begins the new syllable and is therefore unvoiced, like forse, falso, and senso. Did you notice Maurizio's very strong reaction when I said signorina? He just stopped and said immediately, no. The rule for rolling R's is fairly simple. Flip them when they're between two vowels. Otherwise, they're fair game to be rolled if you want to roll them. But only flip them between two vowels. The most common problem I run into with Italian is that all of us foreigners are so proud of the fact that we can roll our R's that we then roll all of them without paying any attention to the rule about flipping the R's. So while we have license to roll the R in sorte and ragazza, signorina and carina are off limits for a rolled R. And remember what Maurizio said, an R is a voiced consonant, so keep maintaining a pitch through the sound, whether it's flipped or rolled. Before we finish up today, there's one more point to make in response to an email from one of my diction comrades in arms. Maurizio had said last week that all unstressed E's and O's are closed, which is the rule that I learned in college and the rule that all Italian dictionaries follow. My standard rule of thumb comes from David Adams' Handbook of Diction for Singers, which states that the unstressed vowels are all closed, therefore the number of closed vowels will outnumber the open ones. I just checked the rule in Colorni's Singer's Italian, where they say exactly the opposite, almost verbatim. There are other books that say pre-tonic E's are this, but post-tonic are that, while the opposite is true for O's. There's also a school of thought that says an unstressed E before an R is open, in words like perfetto, which I can buy into, if that's a rule you want to use. In fact, Sherry Montgomery has two versions of her Italian Lyric Diction workbook to acknowledge this very issue of unstressed E's and O's. On this podcast, we've used the unstressed E's and O's being closed from the beginning, and I'll probably continue to use that rule, partly to keep things simple, partly because I learned it that way and all the dictionaries agree, and partly because this rule agrees with my experience of the language. But I wanted to acknowledge that there are some discrepancies between the diction books and that some people will teach this subject differently. In any case, in addition to the differing opinions on this rule, there also comes the problem of which language that you're approaching Italian from. For most Germans, if I ask them for an E or O that's closed, then we get the ridiculously closed versions from Boot and Beten, which isn't exactly what we're looking for. I've also had a few teachers and coaches from the States tell me the same thing about their students, that they tend to overclose unstressed vowels, so they'll ask their singers to leave them open. So just know that whatever rule you follow for these unstressed vowels, be it open or closed, if your coach or teacher asks you to sing them slightly more open or slightly more closed, there are still shades of it. They might be adjusting the vowel for nuance to make the language sound better, rather than telling you a completely different rule. That's all for today. I'm so excited for the next two episodes, which will be on one of my favorite topics ever, modern Greek diction. In the meantime, to find out more about Maurizio Muraro, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, 
please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next time.